Um, like you said, my name is Songo Adoki. My wife and I are the student pastors here. And so, um, like you said, I've been going to this church for a very long time. Um, and many of you who've also gone to this church for a very long time are familiar with Bishop Tony Miller. And many of you may know that he passed away this January. And I consider him a spiritual father. Many people in this room watching online consider him a spiritual father. And it was very tragic when he passed away. But there's one good thing that I can say that happened from that is I believe I gained a spiritual mother in Pastor Kathy. And I've just been so amazed by how much strength she has shown from that moment to today, every single day, she has her saying, strength for the day, grace for the day. She, she wakes up and she's leading not only her family, but this church. And so I wanna take a second while we're standing just to give her some honor for who she is and what she's doing. Thank you, Pastor Kathy. I love you. We love you. You guys may be seated. Um, so like you said, we're in the series, Unshakable and shameless plug for GSM. All right, if you are a student or a parent of a student in junior high, high school, college, or if you're a young adult, come on Wednesday nights at 6.30. We have GSM. We actually even have a section on Sundays. We all sit right here, all these beautiful people. Y'all just wave real quick. Hey, that's the, that's the GSM section. So come sit over here. Like we love to love to have you. So I'm gonna start from 1 Corinthians 13 today. 1 Corinthians 13. This is, for some people, it may be a familiar passage. For others, it may not be. Maybe if you went to a wedding recently, you might have heard them read 1 Corinthians 13. It's a very popular wedding passage. And it's Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And I'm going to start in verse 8. It says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even I, as I am fully known. And here's our focus for today. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to your church, to speak to your family, Lord. I pray that you'll use my mouth to articulate your heart. I pray, God, that the word will fall on good soil today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So um, my wife and I, we've been married for about five years, and we have two beautiful daughters. My oldest daughter's name is Sophia. And she, there's something that's really consistent about her. Every single morning when we're brushing her teeth or when we're getting her ready, like getting, waking her up, there's something consistent about her. What she does every single day is she asks us, can I have some clothes? Like she wants to put on a new outfit every single day. And it actually happens multiple times a day. So she'll drag us over to her closet 
and she'll pick out her outfit and she puts it on and, you know, she's, you know, she actually likes to do a pose. So she puts it on and she like poses and like, and she gets some new shoes. She puts her shoes out like this. And some of you may know, like, you know, Sophia, when she brings a new outfit to church, she'll come up to you and she'll be like, and then she'll say, I like your shoes. And she doesn't really like your shoes. She just wants you to say, I like your shoes. She just wants to compliment. It's consistent about her. Every single day, multiple outfits is something that's so consistent about her. But how many know we also serve a consistent God? God is consistent. The writer of Hebrew says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Whatever God was, He is, and whatever God is, He was. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God of Peter, James, and John, right? God was a way maker. He is a way maker. He will be a way maker. God was a healer. He is a healer. He will be a healer. Come on. God was a provider. He is a provider. He will be a provider. And let me pause right here, guys. This is a dialogue, not a monologue. So I need y'all to talk with me, all right? Like God is consistent. He's consistent. Amen. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about God. God is, he's, he's consistent. And even in the changing world, He's still above it all, and he's consistent above it all. And so we have hurricanes, we have tornadoes, we have earthquakes that literally change the foundation of the earth. But God is still unchanging above it all. He's still in control above it all. We have, you know, different empires that rise and fall, different kings that rise and fall, but Jesus is still on the throne consistently. Amen? But how many know we have a consistent God, but our circumstances aren't always consistent? And so the same God who told me to start the business is the same God I'm praying to because the business failed. The same God that told me I was going to be a parent is the same God that I'm praying to because my child isn't following God. The same God that healed me didn't heal them. And the same God that provided for them seemingly didn't provide for me. God is consistent, but our circumstances change. And the beautiful thing about God is we are made in his image. And so, you know, God is unchanging. He's consistent. But how many know that we are not unchanging? We should be continually changing to look more like Jesus. That's the one difference, right? And so whenever I was a boy, you know, like Pastor Jay said, since I've been a boy, I've been growing up in this church. And believe it or not, whenever I was a little kid, I did not like church. Um, I just didn't like it. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to stay in service. I thought it was boring, you know. And so one of my friends, Malachi, um, his mom was the worship pastor at the time, and my mom was in the choir. And so we took it upon ourselves, since they were busy, to, you know, go roam the hallways, make sure everything's okay, you know. And so um, we would roam the hallways, and eventually we got caught because the usher would bring us back in. And so we had to find a new hiding spot. And so our new hiding spot was the men's bathroom. And we had a system. It was a flawless system. What we did was we would go into the bathroom and we would take separate stalls. I would get the biggest stall because I was the tallest. Malachi would go into the stall closest to the, the door. And we would go in there. We would put the toilet seat down, stand on it, and talk to each other about the stalls. And so we talk about basketball, we talk about football, we talk about wrestling, because wrestling was actually good back then. You know, you had The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all that. Y'all don't know about that. 
Um, and so we would, we would continue to talk. And then whenever someone came in, because if, you, if you're on campus or if you've you know, ever been on campus, you know that. You know that whenever there's, you walk in, there is a, there's two doors, right? So the door that goes into the waiting room, there's the door that goes into the bathroom, right? And so when, whenever we heard the door that opened up the waiting room, we knew we had to get down, sit on the toilet, and act like we're going number two. And so we would wait. We would actually make sounds and everything. Like we would wait till the person comes in, use the restroom, and then they hopefully wash their hands because some people are nasty, all right? They hopefully wash their hands and then they leave, right? And then we would get right back on the stall, continue to talk. It was a flawless system. It worked for a long time until one day, one day we're talking about wrestling or something and all of a sudden, I see Malachi sit down real quick, and I, I thought he was messing with me because I didn't hear the door. I was like, man, quit playing. And all of a sudden, the door opens up, and it's an usher. <laughs> and you got to understand, when I was 10 years old, like, an usher was basically God. Like, that's, that's the authority of God walking in, right? And so I'm, I'm walking in. He's, I mean, he walks in. I'm standing there on the toilet. And so he's, sta he's staring at me, standing on the toilet. <laughs> And I'm staring at him, staring at me, standing on the toilet. We're just making eye contact, and he says, son, what are you doing? And I have to think fast, all right? And I, I can't, I just, just don't judge me for what I said, all right? Because there's a lot of things that went through my head about how bad of a beating I was going to get, how long I was going to be grounded. And so this is what I said. I said, Malachi hid my tithe and offering money, and I think he might have hid it in the ceiling up here. <laughs> and so I started messing with the tiles. I was like, man, I can't find it. But he bought it, you know, and I'm sorry, Pastor Kathy. Um, he bought it, right? But it's funny because we laugh about it now and, you know, and we didn't get caught. But how many of you know, it, I would look really foolish as a 32-year-old man going into the bathroom right now, standing on the toilet. Number one, I would probably break it. But standing on the toilet and talking to my friends, it's very childish. I had to put the ways of my childhood behind me, right? I can no longer think like that. A, a young man, I have to grow up and be a man, right? And so just like I had to grow up, we have to grow up and mature in our faith as Christians and followers of Christ. We have to mature in three specific areas, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And so we're going to talk about how do we mature in our faith. And we'll talk about hope first. Hope. And I want to define some of these things because these are things that we talk about in church a lot, but I don't know if we actually know what they mean. Because a lot of times we say them, but I don't feel like we understand the power behind them or what they actually mean. And so hope, the definition of hope is a joyful and confident expectation of good a joyful and confident expectation of good. So hope gives faith purpose. Hope gives you a reason to get up every single day. If you don't have hope, it's hard for you to even get out the bed. That's what depression is. Like I have no hope, so I can't move forward. Hope is about your future. Hope allows you to persevere through trials. And so one of the most popular verses on hope is Jeremiah 29:11. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future." And it's a verse that we say over and over again. But think about that: if you don't have any hope, that means you don't you don't believe that God has good plans for you. 
if you don't have any hope, that means you don't believe God has plans for you. What gives you hope is God's plan for your life for the future. And I'm talking about biblical hope because there's another type of hope. It's a worldly hope where we put our hope in circumstances and people and in things. So it's easy to say that you have faith in God until you lose your job. It's easy to say that you have faith in God until you lose your spouse. It's easy to say that you have hope in God and you have hope for everything God does and his plan, your plans in the future until you're struggling with depression. Hope is something that we can say we have, but until circumstances change, we don't really know. And I'm not saying that we should be robots, that those things wouldn't affect us, that we don't have emotions, because those things do hurt. But if all of your hope leaves after those circumstances, that means your hope was not in God, it was in those things. Am I doing okay? So hope protects our minds. And I saw this stat, and it was really... Uh, mind-blowing to me, it said that 700,000, more than 700,000 people a day die by suicide. Not a day, sorry, a year. So that's one person every 40 seconds. One person every 40 seconds dies by suicide. And what that tells me is there's a lot of people who have no hope. You can either be full of hope and be hopeful, or you can have no hope and be hopeless. Hope protects our minds. And as a follower of Christ, we have to keep one thing in mind is that all things work together for our good. Yeah. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for our good. So if we keep that in mind, it doesn't matter what's happening around me. It doesn't matter what my circumstances look like. It doesn't matter if I lost my job. It doesn't matter if I lost my spouse. All things are working together for good for those who love them. And if I love God, I know that everything's going to be good. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And so the year 2020 has been tough for a lot of people. The year 2021 has been tough as well. But our hope has to mature past what's going on around us. Hope is needed. Hope is needed. But so is faith. And a lot of times we get hope and faith mixed up. So let's talk about faith. We tend to think faith is just belief, right? We think faith is just like, I believe this. But faith in the ancient Greek is so much more. It's a word, pistis. It means a vow to faithfulness or a vow to covenant. Another definition says God's divine persuasion. So faith is always given by God and never generated by us. Faith is always given by God and never generated by us. Faith enables the believer to know God's preferred will. So if you don't have faith, that means you don't know God's will for your life. If you don't have faith, that means you don't know God's will for your life. Romans 12, 2 says, do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So if you don't have faith, that means you don't know God's will. If you don't, don't know God's will, that means you need your mind renewed. Are you following me? If you don't have faith, that means you don't know God's will. If you don't know God's will, that means you need your mind renewed. Faith is God's work. Faith is never the work of the people. We cannot just drum it up at will. I know some people will be like, hey, just have more faith. 
But it doesn't necessarily work like that. You have to have a word from God. And you respond to that word from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? And without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? But it's not about the size of our faith. In Luke 17, the apostles come up to Jesus and they're like, increase our faith. And Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mulberry tree over there, be uprooted and planted in the ocean and it'll obey you. In other words, it's not about the size, it's about the activation. It's about you using it. Even in Romans, Romans 12, 3, it says we are each given a measure of faith, but that's actually a poor translation. It's closer to we are each given the measure of faith. And so that means you have the same amount of faith as B- Billy Bob over there, but Billy Bob just knows how to use it. Are you following? You have the same amount of faith. We just have to access it. Faith is how we access everything in our Christian walk. So in Hebrews 11, it's probably the most popular chapter on faith, right? And if you've ever been to Sunday school, if you grew up in church, you know Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's the definition of hope, right? And so we have to have hope before we can have faith. Hope is for the future, faith is for right now. Hope is for the future, faith is for right now. Faith says whatever you're hoping for is here now. And I've been looking in the Gospels, Dr. David, I've been looking, Dr. J, I've been asking Kingsgate students, I've been looking everywhere in the Gospels for this one thing. I've never seen Jesus say, your hope has healed you. I've never heard him say, I've never seen such good hope in all of Israel. What did he say? He said, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. He said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Hope alone cannot access the promises of God. You need faith. Faith is how you access the promises of God in your life. When we talk about Hebrews 11, all of those Old Testament prophets and leaders and kings, they all access the promises of God with faith with faith. So if you're not accessing the promises of God in your life, I would reevaluate your faith. Because what can be happening is you could be thinking you're having faith, but it's really hope. Are y'all hearing me today? A lot of people are saying that they have faith, but they really just have hope. Faith reaches out and takes hope and out of the future and brings it to right now. So we have the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she's been dealing with the embarrassment of her issue. For 12 years, she's been dealing with the pain of her blood. For 12 years, she's been dealing with the own stench of her blood on her body. For 12 years, she's waking up every single day hoping to get healed. Maybe this is the day being disappointed day after day after day. Until one day, her hope met her preferred future. Her hope met Jesus. And she reached out in faith and grabbed what she was hoping for and put it right now. We need faith to access the promises of God. Can I get an amen? And I believe there's many of us today who, maybe you've been thinking you've been having faith for things, but you've really just been having hope. 
you haven't received the word of God that says this is for right now. And maybe, you've, maybe you received that word of God, but you haven't acted on it because faith without works is dead. We need faith. There's some people who've been struggling with pain and then hoping to be healed, but haven't responded to the word of God in their life that says you need to be healed right now. Faith will heal you. And so there's a lot of people that have faith in Jesus, but there's not, there's not a lot of people who have the faith of Jesus. What's the difference? Faith in Jesus will get you into heaven. The faith of Jesus will bring heaven down to earth. Faith in Jesus will get you into heaven, but the faith of Jesus will bring heaven down to earth. So faith in Jesus will protect you in a storm. The faith of Jesus speaks to the storm. Faith in Jesus will forgive your sins. The faith of Jesus gives you the grace to forgive somebody who sinned against you. Are you hearing this? Faith in Jesus will allow you to receive, but faith of Jesus will allow you to produce. Because it's not our faith, we're leaning on the faithfulness of Jesus. Jesus was the only perfect being to ever live. He's the only perfect man. So everything he did, we have access to because he lives inside of us if you're a believer. And so I'm leaning on the faithfulness of Jesus because I have his faith, I can access everything that God wants me to access in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? So we need faith, we need hope in this shaky world but we also need love. Yes. Yes. We need love. Faith and hope without love is nothing. It literally says it's nothing in the Word of God. Think about what faith and hope is without love. Faith and hope without love is just selfish. It's about us. We want our promises. We want our um, things to come to pass. We want everything in our life to go on God's will and God's path. We're all focused on ourselves, right? But whenever you have faith and hope with love, you're not just worried about you, you're worried about your family, you're, you're praying about your, the, the church. I have faith for my friends, I have faith for my neighbor, I have faith for the, those who are sinning, I have faith for the world, I have faith for those who are lost. I got hope for people who I don't even know because I got love for them. Faith and hope with love is not about you, it's about others. Because love is always focused on others. I believe many of us are struggling with truly loving those around us and those we disagree with. It's evident in this age that if we disagree with somebody, you can just tell, like, man, I just don't like you. Like, that's it. I don't like you, and I don't like you, so I'm not going to love you. It's just something that is just in this world right now. It's so normal. We disagree, man, don't ever go on Facebook. I mean, don't go on Twitter, like it's just, it's crazy. People don't love each other unless we agree on everything. So I believe, I believe love always points to others. I believe we've taken something called boundaries and overdosed on it. And when you overdose on boundaries, 
you end up in isolation. Boundaries are necessary. Boundaries are necessary. I mean, we need to have boundaries for our lives. It's, it's healthy. But when you overdose on boundaries, you're going to end up in isolation. It's easy to love somebody when nobody's around. So if we're struggling loving others, it's an indication we're struggling receiving the love of God for ourselves. So in John 15, 9, it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So we have to receive the love of the Father in order to love others. An empty cup cannot pour into another cup. There's nothing there. We have to receive the love of the Father. The fruit of the Spirit, you know, we, we, we have to live by the Spirit, right? And the fruit of the Spirit starts out with what? Love. We need love for every single one of the fruit of the Spirit. You need, you need love for yourself, you need love for others, or you need love for God. Every single one of them. Love is the most important. God literally is love. He is love. That's why love is greater. So when you really think about it, the thing that separated Jesus from the Old Testament prophets and the, and the Old Testament kings was not his miracles. Because think about it. Jesus multiplied food, but Elisha in the Old Testament multiplied food. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but both the prophet Elijah and Elisha raised somebody from the dead. Jesus was able to control the weather with his words, but so did the prophet Elijah. The thing that separated Jesus from them wasn't the miracles, it was his love. There was no prophet in the past in the Old Testament that ever had the love of Jesus. No prophet would ever be caught dead talking to a prostitute. Nobody ever treated sinners the way that Jesus treated them. No king would have ever had a treasurer that they knew was a thief. Come on, that's love. The love that Jesus expressed was something that this shaky world has never seen before. Never. And we have the opportunity to be just like Jesus. I said we have the opportunity to be just like Jesus. We, we have the opportunity to take our faith and our hope and put it with love and change the world. We change the world. And I'm going to wrap up here. I'm just going to ask everybody to stand up. So in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is talking about different gifts, right? And he's talking about the gifts without love. And he says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have a love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, it can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. 
And if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, it doesn't matter if you have, if you can speak in tongues, it doesn't matter if you have faith, all these things without love is just a clangy symbol. It's just a clangy symbol. Just loud. That's faith and hope without love. But when you have faith and hope with love, it's like a beautiful symphony. It's just music going together. And I believe that whenever we do this, we are really gonna not only control ourselves in this shakable world and become unshakable, but we're gonna change the world and help other people do the same thing. And so I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this. I believe there's some people in here today who need their hope restored. You don't have faith, but you don't even have hope. Every single day, it's a struggle to even wake up. You could have had some real bad things happen to you, and you might have really good reason not to have hope. But I'm here to tell you today, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Don't lose your hope. Don't be hopeless, be hopeful. There's some people in here who don't have any faith. It could have been something where you believe for something, it just just didn't happen. That's something we don't like to talk about in church. Everything we believe for doesn't happen. And so what happens is now my faith is kind of, it's kind of hurting. I'm kind of afraid to to have faith for something. Or we can expect Jesus to do something in a certain way, but he doesn't do it that way. So I believe there's some Marthas in here. There's some people who expected Jesus to move in a way, but he didn't move in that way. So now you're mad. You're mad at God, but just like Martha, you need to to say, even now, even now, I believe that you can move. And there's some people who are struggling to love today because you've been hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. And you need God to restore your soul. So you need to receive the love of the Father. I'm going to give us a moment as they sing this song to let the Holy Spirit minister to us. And you worship with it and let the Holy Spirit tell you what you need. Maybe you need hope. Maybe you need faith. Maybe you need love. Maybe you need all three. The Holy Spirit is here to give it to you.
is Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's in love. The Savior's Rest on his unchanging grace. I rest on his unchanging grace. Unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale. In every high and stormy gale. My anchor holds within the veil.
teams are going to come up to the front. I believe there's some people who still need more prayer. People who need their hope restored, their faith activated, their love from the Father received. But as we close today, if, that's, if you're one of those people who need prayer, feel free to come on up. But I'm going to release everybody else. But I want you to say one thing with me before you leave today. Declare this with me today. My hope is restored. I will hear and know the voice of God. Therefore, therefore I will know his will. I will activate my faith. And lastly, I receive the Father's love. So now I can give it out. Why don't you give God a shout of praise for that? So you are blessed, you may be released, and if you need prayer, please come to the front.